Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent, it was senseless, and I will never understand it, I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson, and unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Welcome back to Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Great to be with you today. I am Boyd Matheson. A busy day here at KSL News Radio. Of course, we have the debate coming up this evening. Fourth congressional debate will take place up at the University of Utah. You can listen to it live at six o'clock here on KSL News Radio. And it will only uh, feature two candidates uh, tonight. Uh, Burgess Owens has announced that he will not be participating in the debate. You can get all the wall-to-wall coverage on that uh, with Jeff Kaplan and Afternoon News coming up here at the top of the hour. And as we look at everything going on in the in the political realm, uh, I think we have to look a little deeper in terms of some of the sources of what is it that's driving the kind of contempt, the kind of anger, fear, frustration – uh, that is driving not only races here in the state of Utah, but across the country. And I think it comes back to something that, that I've been tracking and following for a long time. And you can set aside your political party affiliation or non-affiliation. You can set aside whether you're to the far left or the far right or anywhere in between. And set all of that aside for a moment. And let's look at the ecosystem that is producing what we're getting uh, and you've, you've heard me say it before. We, we always talk about you get what you pay for. As voters, we pay. We pay for what we get, and we usually get what we deserve because we get what we vote for, which means we all have to look at this a little deeper and a little different than maybe we have in the past. And, yes, we have to look at the role of social media and what that has done to our speech, to our conversations, to our willingness to show contempt or to demonize those that we disagree with. But what else is underneath all of that? Uh, It usually lands at a place we call the swamp. (laughs) And it's the swamp ecosystem in our nation's capital that is all about power and influence peddling. Uh, I have tracked this for a number of years, and it is not an accident. It is not a coincidence that six out of the 10 wealthiest communities in America are suburbs of Washington, D.C. That's according to the U.S. Census. That's also been reported in U.S. News and World Report. So if you look at Fairfax City, Arlington, Falls Church, Loudoun, and Fairfax in Virginia, along with Howard County in Maryland, those are the largest household incomes in the country. So think about that. This is a pretty big country we have. Six out of the 10 wealthiest communities are suburbs of Washington, D.C. Why do you think that is? Uh, these are not hubs for manufacturing. 
They're not making cars or computers or equipment. It's power and influence consultants, lobbying firms, all the political, legal, and service organizations that go with it, that drive the economies of those communities. And sadly, we we tend to have this revolving door from Capitol Hill to high-paid positions on boards and K Street lobbying shops. Uh, It's a study of what's wrong with Washington. Now, there have been some little flurries of improvement here or there. Uh, A few years ago, they uh, changed the rules that would require former members of Congress and certain staff positions to have a a cooling-off period of a year or two before they could embark in the lobbying business. Uh, The rules are are pretty easy to navigate around. Lots of big old loopholes in there as they take internal positions at a lot of these shops. And they don't participate in formal meetings, but they're often setting them up by text message and and phone conversation. Two friends taking pictures of the rising full moon on a summer night. Two teenage kids doing what teenage kids do. When a stranger with a gun and a death wish changed everything. It was violent. It was senseless. And I will never understand it. I will never accept it. I'm Amy Donaldson. And unfortunately, we're all too familiar with stories about how violence shatters lives. But what we rarely see is how they are rebuilt. In a new podcast, The Letter, we relive tragedy, but only so we can hear the rest of the story. The struggle to reclaim lives, the realities of grief, and the possibilities of forgiveness. I believe in miracles. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are, and this is a big one. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, And so here's what we have to get at. Uh, We have heard political candidates from both ends of the political spectrum say they want to go to Washington, D.C. and drain the swamp. Uh, It's pretty popular on the campaign trail. And and that mantra to to rail against their political opponents, because, of course, only their opponents would do such horrible, awful, terrible things, Uh, It rouses the partisan supporters. But then once they get elected, the tugs and pulls of the political power, the influence uh, often overwhelm even the most principled folks heading back to Washington. And and to be fair, power and influence peddling has been around for a very long time, long before our republic was even organized. Uh, But the last several decades have produced both a resigned acceptance of this is how it's done and even a defiant flouting of the power of the powerful to influence politicians and national policy. And I don't think that's what the founders had in mind. I don't think that's what they hoped for in this laboratory of democracy where servant leaders would would go in, would serve for a season and then return to their communities. Uh, those kinds of statesmen and stateswomen, they, they understood power is not something to amass. It's not something to barter or cling to. Uh, it's not a, a tool for pursuing political purposes or self-promotion. That's not what it's supposed to be about. So how do we start changing the game? Well, we can have discussions of term limits for elected officials. Uh, I always say if you're going to talk about term limits – For members of Congress, you have to talk about term limits for congressional staff. That should be included in that conversation. Transparency 
oversight, accountability. I think those things are more crucial than ever. But those are the things that don't just pop up in a clickbaity kind of headline. You have to be willing as a citizen, as a voter, to dig in a little deeper. we got to scrutinize candidates and elected officials. We have to challenge what's going on. I think above all of those things, I think we have to have elected officials that are willing to follow what George Washington said in his first inaugural address, 1789, that he hoped that the foundation of our national policy will be laid in the pure and immutable principles of private morality. He called on free government to exemplify the attributes that will make its citizens proud and command the respect of the world. That kind of public and private morality that Washington called for in our nation's leaders didn't require him to be perfect. This is not about a perfection test. But it did necessitate integrity and congruency regardless of the situation, putting the good of the country ahead of the good of those who can access through wealth or being well-connected to that power and influence. And so we have to be willing to look a little deeper and a little bit harder uh, at those in office, what they're doing, how they're doing it, who's influencing, and what's the impact of that. And then we, the people, have to show up and vote. And if we want different, we have to vote different. If we want to hold people accountable, let's hold up those that are doing things right, that are doing things with transparency and dignity, as opposed to those who are peddling influence and power and clickbait headlines and things that bring out the worst in us rather than the better angels of our nature. Uh, I still have great hope for the Republic. Uh, I think our best days are yet ahead. And my reason for that confidence has nothing to do with Congress, nothing to do with elected officials. It's because I live in a community in a place called Utah. We can lead the way. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources today here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something today that'll make a difference. Sell Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car at 102.7 FM. KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.